is the Go Blue Crew. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Go Blue Crew. I'm Tyler Fenwick with Derek Divine. Derek, Halloween is coming up. Do you have a costume picked out? I do. I'll tell you about it, but I want to see if you got anything. Oh, yeah. You know, I thought long and hard. Uh, you know, every year it's always difficult to decide what to wear for Halloween, obviously. Uh, and so this year I'm going to go as a Michigan football fan wearing a Michigan jersey while I watch the Michigan-Michigan State game. What about you? <laughs> I... <laughs> Uh, I I will be Jim Harbaugh. Hey, you I'm, know, I'm very similar. In the khakis, I have. Uh, I I had to look up pictures of him because I'm like, what exactly does he wear normally? And I see a lot of blue crew necks, which I don't have, but I do have like a quarter zip, so that's close enough, and it's solid blue, just with like the M on one side of the chest and I, I think the Nike on the other side. I don't think it's the Jumpman logo, but it looks pretty similar to what you would see Jim Harbaugh wear. And of course I have the khakis, mm-hmm. I have blue shoes. I got a cheap uh, headset and I even have my glasses. We have the same, very similar uh, frames, like the black frames. Mm-hmm. So it, it looks pretty legit. I, I put it on today just to see how it looks and I'm excited for Halloween for the first time in a long time because I have two events that will not conflict with the football schedule I have made sure of that but I have two events for Halloween so I'll get to dress up as Jim Harbaugh twice hey that sounds like a good Halloween weekend if you ask me and a great obviously you know top tier costume nationwide and and this is something I'm changing gears really quickly here, and I wasn't planning on doing this, but on my way home today, I'm flipping through music, shuffled on my phone, and Christmas music comes on. And before I hit the skip button, I feel like I'm 80. I just said the skip button. Before I go to the next song, <laughs> I'm like, nope, it's time. How do you feel about Christmas music right now? Absolutely disgusting. Okay. I mean, I couldn't think of... I, you know, I'd almost rather clean a toilet than listen to, to Christmas music right now. I promise we're going to talk about Michigan football, but I got to say, Derek, it, I just, you got Apple Music? I do have Apple Music, yes. And you know what? I work uh, in higher education, so I still get that student discount, four ninety nine a month. That's awesome. Go download the Alan Jackson Christmas album. Okay, that, I mean, I'm I'm sure it's I, I can already tell it's going to be a great album. It's not that it's I just, don't like Christmas music, and I love full albums of one artist singing Christmas music. It's just it's way too early, man. We just we intro the show talking about Halloween. Someone listening is going to be confused on if this is a a show from last November, last football season. I mean, no. you cannot in the middle of football season, especially the thick of it, halfway through, and we'll talk exactly about that soon. But in the middle of a football season, you cannot be talking about Christmas. You, I'm so you know, sorry. <laughs> it's just, I'm, so I'm glad that that makes you happy and you enjoyed that music. I will be about two months away. Alan Jackson only makes bangers. Okay, on our way to football here, before we uh, get talking about Northwestern, I want to know, Derek, given that we're at the exact halfway point, Michigan is 6-0, how does this regular season need to finish for us to consider it a success 
Uh, you don't have to win every game, but you better be close and give yourself a chance. Uh, you absolutely cannot uh, choke up against Northwestern, Indiana, or Maryland. You know, those are three wins that, you know, will get you to nine total, uh, even if you drop games to Michigan State, Penn State, and Ohio State and, and aren't considered for the Big Ten Championship. Um, I think you win every game but two. Uh, and I still think it could be a successful season. So I, I'll say you could afford to lose to maybe a Penn State on the road in a tough environment uh, mid-November, and then you don't want to lose to Ohio State because you continue to lose to Ohio State, but chances are they're a better team, they have a better chance to win. And it's not a successful season in terms of what Jim Harbaugh accomplished, but I don't think you could, even if you're disappointed, I don't think you could look back and say that was awful because it was a why it would be a wild improvement compared to what we expected and especially compared to 2020. The way to look at this for me is that nine and three is very much on the table. You have uh, two road games against top 10 teams, Michigan state and Penn state. Then obviously you have the home finale against Ohio state. Uh, but your great, your games outside of that look pretty winnable starting with Northwestern Indiana hasn't lived up to what we thought they might be following last year. And then a road trip to Maryland between the Penn State and Ohio State games. So 9-3 and three on its face. Like if you told me in August Michigan's going to finish 9-3, and three, I'm probably pretty pumped about that. But given the 6-0 start and the fact that we're you know, beginning to peek ahead perhaps to a Big Ten uh, conference uh, championship game, maybe the playoff, uh, it's, nine and three, I, I think would have me just a little sour, but it wouldn't take that long to come around and say, okay, nine and three a year after going two and four. And you're wondering, is Jim Harbaugh even going to coach, uh, another season at Michigan? I think you would have to take it and just be like, okay, let's move on and see, see what happens from here. I mean, we'll talk about this more next week, but just, you know, real quickly, you know, if, if, Michigan beats Michigan State, they would be doing so against a likely a top 10 team. Or no, it would be a top 10 team because Michigan State has a bye this weekend yeah. on the road. And Jim Harbaugh just hasn't done that. So if you don't win that game, it's kind of expected. If you don't win at Penn State, again, another you know top 10 talented team, as expected if you're Jim Harbaugh. And then Ohio State, you always lose to. And so 9-3 and three would be as expected for a Michigan team that is even 6-0 at this point because there's a lot of disbelief around the nation. There's a lot of lack of confidence in someone like Jim Harbaugh because the things left on his schedule are typically things he doesn't accomplish. Now, he can take care of business in any season where Michigan looks favorable throughout and, and beat teams like Indiana consistently, beat teams like Maryland and Northwestern. But, you know, what's left on the schedule is a challenge for any team especially Jim Harbaugh teams who haven't done it in the past and so I think nine and three would be terribly disappointing because I think with you know exceeding expectations you know brings a new optimism and hope as a fan that you're going to see even better things than you expected continuing but I think we talked at the beginning of the season we even revisited this last week and I was hovering around eight and said I'd lean high if I had to pick over or under and, you know, nine and three is almost as expected for me because I thought that they could be this good. So, yeah, I mean, you hate to pick out the three games and, and act like these other matchups don't matter like this weekend's that we'll talk about. But, I mean, that's what matters moving forward. And 
you don't have a lot of confidence because of the past, but you remain optimistic because they've shown you just enough this year to, to, to maybe have us, you know, think it could happen. I think the next step, the next thing we can judge in this program's trajectory is against Penn State because one of the fairest criticisms of Harbaugh has been that his teams don't go win games that they're like not supposed to you know I have that in air quotes and you know what I mean like like for for a while now uh, Michigan goes into a game and if it's going to be a loss against a, a better team or a team that's just slightly better even like you kind of feel it immediately I don't think Penn State is quite like that um, I think you know people probably look at that as sort of like a toss-up but going on the road to Penn State as long as you know things stay pretty much as they are I know we don't know the health of Sean Clifford uh, you know that far in advance but uh, I, I think that's the next opportunity for this team for Jim Harbaugh to go do something that they haven't done a lot of you know in his 10 years so that's that's one thing I'm looking forward to and then obviously you know the same thing will, will be true against Ohio State I think moving forward I expect to still be pleasantly surprised with something whether that's handling Michigan State well on the road or you know really starting to dominate some of these teams like Northwestern and Indiana and Maryland like you probably should you know Michigan State's a good example struggled with Indiana uh, and you know probably shouldn't have if they're a top 10 team you know you see people around the nation talking about both Michigan and Michigan State as frauds in the top 10 knowing that everybody's lost this year Iowa just lost and likely that you know both of those teams will have a loss you know one of them will have a loss in two weeks no matter what so I think if you look at you know just kind of how Michigan's played they've surpassed expectations but done so in a way that would keep them a stable good football team and I think that they are very capable more capable than we expected them to be uh, and hopefully even more capable than we know them to be because uh, I do still think there's a lot that can be shown offensively uh, you know, you still have talent in the backup position that, you know, again, likely won't start, but we'll see more time in the field. You could just kind of tell that that was going to be the case the way J.J. interviewed with media uh, last week. You know, he knows he's going to be playing moving forward and is confident in any snap that he gets. Donovan Edwards, you could say the same. So they have the potential, but as we know, it's a week-to-week game. Uh, crazy things are happening. Purdue just smacked Iowa at Iowa, which I warned you would yeah, happen. You did, and not and exactly Purdue. All, but all I said credit some to team you. Would crack that code. I believed you in the sense of playing the Big Ten championship or in a big bowl game. I also did not expect, you know, what you said to be true when Purdue visited like that. I did. I don't know if that's looking ahead or being number two is too big of a spotlight for Iowa. I don't know. I mean, two is not much that. different all, than three. All that, happened, all that happened was I said, don't trust teams like Iowa that only hang their hat on having a really good defense because in a 12-game season, you can count on a couple teams cracking that code, and then what are you going to do? Iowa doesn't have the offense to hang with the team that can score, that figures out how to do that, and that was clear. That was so clear. I'm just saying I warned you. I mean, we can have an Iowa podcast real quick. You know, I, I think they've suffered both defensively and offensively, and that that's the hardest part. If Just like Michigan, Michigan's had really great defensive years, and, you know, the offense maybe can't keep up or win them football games. But against Ohio State, you've seen both the offense be bad and the defense just 
completely collapse. And so it happens, you know, figures it out. Right. And there's teams in the nation, like you say, and just teams in the nation in general, you know, teams are losing this year. No one's really winning every game. The list gets smaller and smaller every week. There's been an upset in the top 10 every week, maybe even the top five for a couple of weeks now. And I just think that, you know, that's when you look at a Northwestern, you say, hey, this should be no problem. You're back at home after two tough road games and big environments. Fans are excited. You're 6-0. and Like, there's no way you should lose this game. And, and I don't think they do so. Um, but, you know, moving forward, I, I think you should be beating a team like Michigan State uh, and maybe having a chance at Penn State as well. Yeah, Michigan Northwestern, noon Eastern on Fox. Uh, if you missed it, they're now playing for the George Jouette Trophy, um, the first African-American player at both schools. I thought that just by itself uh, was really cool. Um, yep. Player at both schools. It's obviously a, a bygone era. Uh, uh, well, maybe not anymore because of uh, transfer situations and you know not being so restrictive, but just the fact that he played at both schools, I thought that was really cool. Uh, Michigan, 58-15 all time. There are two ties in there. Northwestern hasn't won since guess when, Derek? Oh, boy. It, last season against Michigan State. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. It hasn't beaten Michigan since when? Um. Oh, boy. I remember a lot. So I was in college at the time. I remember a lot of lobby TV overtime wins against Northwestern. So <laughs> yes. I feel like they um, did. They lose in twenty fourteen. No, two thousand eight. Okay, you got to go back to so, two thousand eight. So just like Indiana, for for you know as long as they've been able to, they've been able to take care of business against Northwestern. Uh, Northwestern, you'll remember 2018, put a scare into Michigan. If I remember right, Michigan was losing at halftime and and needed needed some big plays from Karan Higdon. I, I, I remember exactly where I was when I watched that game, living in my old apartment, sitting on my bed at the edge of it, watching on the TV. Anyway, anyway. Uh, Michigan, a 23-and-a-half favorite here. I, I, like we say so many times neither of us bet on football games um for me it's mostly because i wouldn't know how but i think i think northwestern keeps us just a little closer than that because michigan's in a big look ahead spot here you got michigan state going on the road next week uh you're figuring you take care of your business that's a top 10 matchup on the road to undefeated teams a big rivalry like that's a lot to look forward to and northwestern is not good as we'll talk about i think 23 and a half is a lot of points and i can see michigan just maybe being a little flatter than you might expect uh 100 agree because you've seen them you know, kind of flatline against uh, Rutgers. Uh, you saw them struggle a little bit against Wisconsin at times, but, you know, for the most part dominated. Uh, and then Nebraska, you know, a very, very close, you know, good game between two good teams. Um, but still, you know, you are playing from behind at some point. And so this will be closer than the spread likely. Uh, just, I don't want to write any team off in the Big Ten or any team alone this season because of, kind of what's been happening with all these big teams losing and programs you're not used to seeing lose, lose multiple times. It's been a weird, weird year, but 
you know, on paper and likely on the field, we're going to notice a difference in talent, a difference in how, you know, one team is really doing things well and another team seems to really be struggling this year, uh, especially, you know, being a Big Ten representative uh, in the Big Ten championship a year ago. So, I, you know, this is a game Michigan wins, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to look pretty as they as they do so. No, Northwestern beat Rutgers last week 21-7. Other than that, they beat Ohio and Indiana State. Uh, two weeks ago, Nebraska put up 56 on them. And we know how this goes for Pat Fitzgerald. Northwestern's a team that's not pulling four- and five-star guys. But you check back in like two years, and they're probably competing for a division title. That's just how Pat Fitzgerald does it at Northwestern. That's why he's a respected coach. This just happens to be you know, one of those really dramatic down years. Uh, they have found a quarterback, though. South Carolina transfer Ryan Holinsky. Uh, they shuffled through three quarterbacks to start the season. Holinsky was third on the depth chart, has emerged as the guy probably. He threw for 267 and a couple touchdowns against Rutgers. But don't be mistaken, not an offense that you necessarily fear. 16.3 points a game, uh, a little less than that when they play on the road like they will against Michigan. We've heard a lot about Michigan's defense, you know, taking many steps forward compared to last year and Don Brown's last season as defensive coordinator. And I think I'm to the point where I believe most of it, but uh, you may have sensed this, Derek. Like I'm not totally sold on Michigan's defense. I think there are still some vulnerabilities and you saw some of it in the second half uh, against Nebraska, Michigan's last game. So Northwestern, probably not a team that's going to be able to, to crack the code on this defense or take advantage of much. Um, I, I think this might, you know, statistically look like another really dominant performance, but I, I just keep hanging on to this little bit uh, of something in my heart that says, like, Michigan's defense is not totally fixed. Like, like there are a couple teams left. Uh, perhaps it's Maryland. Perhaps it's Penn State, you know, you got to count on Ohio State. They're going to put up yards and points on this team. I just don't think it comes against Northwestern. Yeah, I. it's tough because you have seen, again, Michigan fall apart and have good defenses fall apart like we just talked about. And so you don't feel fully confident. I think what you need to see this weekend, though, is the offense – you know, just humming. You know, you need Blake Corum to have a big game. This is a game where Blake Corum, you know, or Hassan Haskins, one of the two, don't care who it is, Some one running back needs to have a really big game. You know, not to take any away from Hassan Haskins and Blake Corum last week or two weekends ago now. They, they both played really good football and won Michigan that football game. But you need a big game offensively. I think we'll see a little bit more with the offense if the game's – you know, winnable early. I think you're going to see more JJ in the offense. So we should see some things that we're really excited about. And hopefully both units continue to perform along the special teams and you win a winnable football game. Uh, and hopefully we see enough of things working well um, that we just have more and more confidence week to week so that we go into an environment like Michigan State, you know, at least feeling confident that it could, should be a game uh, and is likely a game Michigan could win. I do think this is a week you see a little bit more of J.J. McCarthy than normal because this isn't a typical Pat Fitzgerald defense. You think back on some Northwestern teams, uh, even when they're not good, it seems like you can count on the defense showing up. 
they're giving up 23, almost 24 points a game. That's uh, near the bottom of the conference. And here's where it gets good when you consider just how good Michigan runs the ball is that this is the worst rushing defense in the Big Ten, giving up 206 yards a game on the ground. Uh, That's between Northwestern, the worst team in the Big Ten, stopping the run, and the next worst team at stopping the run, it's comparable to the gap where Michigan's offense is on top compared to the second best team at, at running the football. I don't know if that made much sense. What I'm trying to say is that Northwestern is very, very bad at stopping the run. That's obviously what Michigan wants to do. So that's why I think you see a little more J.J. McCarthy this week because they are primarily putting him in there uh, to have an extra runner on the field, uh, give the defense something different to look at. It could be you know, very well one of those games where it's not Hassan Haskins or Blake Corum uh, popping off for 170 yards. Maybe they both go for 150-plus. I mean, that looks to be in play here. I wouldn't expect Michigan to need a whole lot from the passing game. Northwestern does defend the pass a little better than they do defend the run. Uh, but if they do load the box, and Derek, I, I'm kind of curious on your opinion here because uh, for me, I've kind of been ramping up to this point I feel like you've lagged behind in your confidence though of Cade McNamara I'm at the point where a team if a team loads the box they are just 100% dedicated to stopping the run let's say Northwestern does that successful they're successful at it I've seen enough from Cade McNamara to trust that he can throw Michigan to points I've seen enough how about you yeah, I mean, he can definitely throw Michigan to points, especially against Northwestern. Uh, there's no knock on Cade's ability to to be a starting quarterback. Um, I think he he is playing really well right now, and I think that his play will continue to develop as well. I think we have more from him that we'll see. Uh, Decision-making uh, can even improve, even though it's been good and he's avoided turnovers, except for, what, one? Um, one, and, yep. and I feel like... You know, he's got some throws, you know, maybe when he doesn't set his feet where he has to flail his arm a little bit that aren't making it where they need to be. But there are things that he can improve. Um, and, you know, I don't think he's limited to where what we see is, is his best form. Um, we'll see a lot more. I, I think back to the the running back stuff too, you know, 150 a piece would be incredible. Uh, but I would actually be disappointed if, if two running backs don't have over 100 yards. Now the difference is if J.J. actually comes in and carries the ball a lot, um, which they maybe would have tried with Dylan McCaffrey. By the way, he got injured doing that as a backup, um, you know, as, in case anyone needs to be reminded. So it can be dangerous uh, to yeah. stunt the growth of young talent to run them all the time, especially if you think they can throw the ball as well as he can. Um, and then obviously Donovan Edwards, I think you're going to see a lot of improved play to the point where he he might end the game with the most carries, depending on how it goes, um, especially if it's over at halftime, which it very well could be. But I, you know, I want to see more in the passing game from Cade McNamara. I want to see more in the running game uh, from Blake Corum and Hassan Haskins. They're good. Um, they're probably the best duo in the country, uh, but they also have some more to prove. And at times, Blake Corum has been a lot quieter than maybe you'd expect someone as explosive as, as he is to be. I, I know, man, and that's not helping the fact that in the beginning of the season, I was like, we got to start talking about Blake Corum as a Heisman candidate. It's not too late, but uh, more and more with each passing week, I'm like, ah, dang, I don't think it's going to happen. 
But you got six games left. I don't know. Do you think he ends up anywhere near the Heisman conversation? Blake Corum has a big game this weekend and then can outplay an actual Heisman running back uh, candidate at this point in Michigan State. Uh, he has a chance. But because he's he sh- two. Right. Yeah. Trevion right. Anderson too. Yep. Yeah. True. So because you, you know, you essentially have to split time equally and you have really good backs it's always going to be hard to to win a Heisman on a season where you really do have to give as much credit to to Hassan Haskins especially the way he's played late and so a Heisman you know contender on a maybe they both share votes as a duo you know obviously they would never do that but it is unfair because you've got two talented running backs that could probably even increase their stats being alone back at other schools even good schools um and so just want to be impressed you know continue to be impressed each week this is a week to to you know show a little bit more but not too much because you'll probably want to hide a lot for michigan state that's just how jim harbaugh coaches uh, unless the young guys on the staff have, have beat that out of him um, but i think we'll we'll continue to be impressed because uh, even though northwestern is not as good of a team i think michigan's gonna just make those plays you know think of all the crazy plays made against nebraska you know crazy focus on an interception you have Hassan Haskins leaping uh, a defender at a critical moment in a game I mean just crazy plays happening and, and just raw talent performing and so I think we'll see more of that this weekend and, and those are the little things that can give you confidence moving forward uh, Blake Corum FYI tied for the team lead in receptions with 14 tied with Cornelius Johnson just throwing that out there okay prediction time I've got Michigan 40 to 17 here uh i i think this could look like here's here's my hope here's my hope is that at halftime this thing is basically put away and michigan is on pace for like 50 but you dial things back a little bit i'm not saying i hope that they get super bland and and take their their foot off the gas or anything like that just get a little more conservative understand that you don't need to uh you know get too creative or take too many shots downfield things like that uh and i i do i'm just going to continue to to trust this defense against lesser opponents that's been such a huge thing this season is that uh michigan's defense last year just made too many quarterbacks look like they were about to go carry the heisman trophy uh that's not been the case this season i, I think they'll continue to to look pretty good I got 40-17. So back to what we said earlier, you know, 28 Mich- uh, 2018 Michigan looking really good, you know, lose to start uh, at Notre Dame and then just win after win after win through the whole season until Ohio State. 20-17 to 17 to Northwestern that year. You know, Northwestern, a decent team that year. Um, I don't think it's anywhere close to that, though. I, I got 38-13. to 13. I think just like you, an offense that could easily be on pace for more points than that and a defense that is solid enough to to limit uh, the scoring from Northwestern. Northwestern will score. Northwestern will probably have a couple of big plays. They're going to have some decently well put together drives. Uh, but I think this defense is actually good enough to not allow a team at uh, the level of Northwestern at least to score often enough to, to give them a chance to win the game. So I think we, I think 38-13, you know, kind of gives you the feel that you're impressed somewhat with the offense. You know, you're impressed somewhat with the defense and you go into uh, you know, Michigan State with more confidence than you would have had, you know, playing poorly against Northwestern. Yeah, uh, uh, players and coaches 
half the things that come out of their mouth when they talk in public is about how they're taking things one week at a time, not looking ahead. We're fans. Uh, that doesn't apply to us. We can absolutely look ahead. I, I so hope that Michigan just gets through this one and we can go on next week uh, getting ready for a huge game against Michigan State. I mean, that's that's the dream. That's what I'm looking forward to. Halloween day, almost at night. No, it's a noon kickoff, I believe. Uh, but, you know, just uh, I mean, that's going to be an incredible atmosphere. That's what I want to talk about. So hopefully we get to do that next week. Hopefully Michigan gets this win against Northwestern. And then uh, all eyes turn to Michigan State and East Lansing. So until we talk to you next time, take care out there. Go Blue. Go Blue.